My name is Steve Stein. I am the author of a book called The Oath, which is a book that I, is historical fiction that I've written over a period of time, starting when I was in practice uh, as an orthopedic surgeon. But it's a story of two physicians during the Holocaust, a Jewish physician from France whose family was deported to Auschwitz, and a Nazi physician, an SS physician working at Auschwitz doing experiments alongside of Joseph Mengele. The book was, uh, uh, it, it follows the history very much of things that happened during that period of time during World War II. And I tried to incorporate true facts and true people. And uh, the characters themselves are fiction, but the actions that happened to them and and their history uh, as we go through the book uh, is based on real people. And so it was my first book. Uh, I I enjoyed writing it. It was, uh, I traveled Europe. I did a lot of research. It was... uh, it was, uh, you know, a thing of love, and, and uh, it's out, and when you see it in print in front of you, you feel pretty good about it. Um, we're talking now with uh, John Davis, who's uh, the Crisis Blue, uh, and uh, I'd like to introduce John to you. He's uh, on the other line. John, why don't you tell him about yourself? Absolutely. Um, uh, uh, my pleasure. I'm John Davis. I'm an emergency room physician and also got hooked on writing and just had an absolute blast. Uh, Crisis Blue is a um, book on terror. In essence, uh, the terrorists uh, want to render the East Coast and West Coast of the United States uninhabitable, driving Americans inland and our, our great nation uh, into obscurity. The novel starts out in the Persian Gulf. The Gulf um, U.S. fleet is attacked and destroyed, and it appears that World War III is going to erupt. And with all the turmoil uh, in the Persian Gulf, little attention is paid to uh, blue bloated uh, bodies, which wash ashore in Galveston, Texas. And silently, the uh, ill-sung a North Korean uh, cargo vessel slips into Whiskey Bay, Louisiana, and unloads its weapon of mass destruction. Because of long voyage from North Korea to Louisiana, several of the sailors, Asian sailors, uh, die. And several are thrown overboard, and then several are taken uh, in critical condition to a hospital 30 miles north of Karen Crow, uh, north of Whiskey Bay, Louisiana, to Karen Crow, Louisiana. <clears throat> These sailors are all blue-tinged, and, and even with all the life-saving efforts, they uh, all die within an hour in the emergency room. The physician, the lead character, Dr. Rex Bent, becomes suspicious, notifies the proper authorities of this uh, unusual, <clears throat> uh, uh, unusual uh, uh, occurrence uh, in the emergency room, Not- notifies the proper authorities, and then the terrorists get wise to him, and then it becomes, uh, uh, he becomes threatened, both he and his wife, and they, they in essence, are on the run uh, because he, uh, they've ruined their, uh, the terrorist coup de grace. So it really picks up from there. It has uh, a lot of angles, a lot of fun uh, to it, and um, I think you'd like it very much. Uh, I got into writing 
because of my dad. My dad was a submarine skipper, skippered a diesel boat in the late 50s and um, under a pseudonym wrote The Shadow of Peril, which was about a Soviet skipper uh, sneaking a submarine into uh, Pearl Harbor. And on the cover, they had the crosshairs of a periscope on the Statue of Liberty. It was a bestseller with Doubleday, and I just got thrilled because he t- he had a blast drinking martinis with uh, uh, with a publisher. And years later, I said, I got, I've got the bug. I've got to write. And uh, he said, don't do it. There wasn't much money in it. <laughs> but I continued. And I really had a good time and, and thankfully stumbled across uh, Rare Bird Publishing. Uh, the outfits have been absolutely fantastic in, in, in polishing the novel and getting it ready. So uh, I'm thrilled to be part of this. And, and I know you are too uh, as well, Steve. Yeah, it's it's an interesting process. I don't think people uh, who have not written will understand what you have to do when you write. Once uh, I'm sure this is true for yourself, but once you finish the book and you think you're finished, you really aren't finished. You have to. Uh, it's sent out for uh, editing and proofreading again and again. You have uh, even when you send it out for its first printing. You have to reread it and make sure there aren't any mistakes. And once the mistakes are corrected, you have to reread it to make sure they are corrected. So it's it's a process, and it, it takes about a year from the time you think you're finished until you're really finished. Did you find that too, John? Uh, very much so. Very much so. That uh, you know, but it, and and it's the beauty of it is it's a challenge, and and uh, you just have to meet it head on and be persistent. And and because you're trying to you're trying to uh, you know have a have a product that's perfect in the end as perfect as you can make it, but yes, at least at least a year. That's correct. And uh, my wife was my final proofreader, and that that worked out. She found the mistakes the other people had. Um, but the process is interesting. You know, I got into my book in a slightly different way. I, I was on the Arizona Board of Medical Examiners, the disciplinary group that looks at physicians who are licensed in the state and who have problems that they come before the board. And so we had a physician who had had two patients die in a relatively short period of time, so we wanted to talk to him. And he came before the board. His file was put in front of me. I opened up the file, and sure enough, on his diploma was a large swastika Stamped on his diploma. My God, you know, the eyes get a little big, and uh, you wonder, who is this person? Then you read more, read more about him, and that he had graduated medical school from the University of Kiel, Kiel, Germany, which in, 19, in May 5th, 1945, which was just three yeah. days before the surrender was signed. And I said, there's no way this man graduated. Germany was in, uh, had very little power, very little functioning was going on towards the end of the war. And Kiel, Germany, and you'd be interested in this, was a U-boat repair base uh, for Germany. And it was repeatedly uh, bombed during the war. And so I said, yeah. that, you know, there's no way this man graduated medical school at that date. And I said, he must, he must really be a phony or something, or maybe one of these Nazi doctors that has slipped over to the United States. I mm-hmm. tried to get a representative of the Arizona Republic, the newspaper in Phoenix, to, to look at this. And they, I said, there's a story here, Brad. 
He came back the next day and said, you know, my editor says we can't touch it. That's how we get sued. And I didn't have time. I'm in practice. I couldn't research this. So that's when I decided to make up a story and do research on that area on that time. So I started writing. And about two years later, I'm on an airplane flying from Phoenix to L.A., sitting next to an attorney. And the attorney is uh, we're talking about what we're doing. And I'm saying talking about this book I have an interest in writing. And he says, you know, I have a client. You should meet him. He's a German doctor. Well, it was the same man who had come before our board. And hmm. I interviewed him on two occasions. And I tried to find out whether or not his history was accurate, whether or not he might have been one of these Nazi doctors. Uh, and I tell people they might have to read the book to find out. But that, that's, that mm-hmm. was, uh, that's my story. That's how I got to it. And it, it was uh, a fascinating time. I enjoyed the research probably more than anything else. Looking back on the times, I tried to match the dates that events happened that I could corroborate within the book. And uh, I, I truly enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I visited most every city that we mentioned in the book. Uh, so I could describe uh, a hospital in Lyon, France, or, uh, or the con- a concentration camp at Auschwitz. And it was, uh, it was a journey. It was a journey. <clears throat> well, you know, I really enjoyed it. You know what, it, it, Steve, for me, it, it really brought to life um, you know, that god awful period in time and and through the characters and 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 all all of the characters, you know, whether they're good or bad and you run high and low and really put a just a different perspective on that horrific uh uh time in life. And so uh I just uh I, I really enjoyed it. Well, I thank you. You know, one of the big decisions that's made by my character, Michel Katz, Jewish physician from France, is will to try and save the life of his family, does working yeah. with the Nazis on their experiments, will that help save the life? And that's this decision. And the oath, the title of the oath, really talks about the Hippocratic oaths that we all take when we become physicians. Uh, you know, primum non acere, first do no harm. And that's the underlying theme throughout the book, as well as the theme does uh, revenge equal justice and things of that nature as we proceed on later on when Michel sees and meets his uh, his Nazi doctor who uh, he had worked with in the camps later on. Um, mm-hmm. It was a, a process, you know. And one of the things about being a doctor, and you'll, you'll appreciate this, is that you don't have to do research on on medical issues, you know, they're in your head, you understand them. It, that, that portion of writing is taken care of. You can do that without doing research, whereas a person who is not in medicine would have to do a lot of research on the kinds of things you talk about in your book, in the emergency room and stuff. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. I, uh, uh, I uh, injected some undercurrents to, uh, uh, to my novel as well, and... Uh, uh, if you look at the ER settings, all those stories are true. Uh, you've never heard any stories uh, such as these. Had fun writing them, but they're really told in more of a mash uh, type type uh, verbiage, and and which was really true. It was a 
just a cast of characters in the ER, and it's just just fun people to work with. But one of the undercurrents was uh, the way that nurses are treated and how poorly they're paid, and and how these hospitals are, you know, these hospitals are just cutthroat businesses that are there to, you know, there for a blank check. So um, I, I I felt it was important to get that out and inject that into the novel as well. And and that's certainly true today. If you look at medicine and, and what's gone on, it's just, you know, my gosh, uh, you know, with Obamacare being such a disaster, premiums going up, deductibles going up. Uh, you look at what these pharmacies are charging for, you know, insulin and, and, and uh, you know, epinephrine and, my God, it's out of control. So, at any rate, uh, I, I had to at least uh, at least express my frustration in one aspect, and that's the way the nurses are treated. But uh, the pharmacies and uh, hospitals uh, are my next target. Well, I, I, I agree with you. The uh, I had my daughter uh, as an adult. She had tonsils out, and she had to go to the emergency room the night of her surgery. And the initial charge for just showing up was $5,000. And I believe you know, we were in a position with a high deductible, and we ended up having to pay a very large amount. And the, the hospital charges have gone up as if somebody had given, given them a, the freedom to charge. The same thing with the yeah. pharmaceutical companies. You know, we see the, yeah. uh, we, we see the kinds of uh, bonuses the CEOs are getting and the prices are going up. We had a, I went to fill a prescription. And the copay was ninety dollars, and I asked, "Well, what the what did the insurance company pay?" Well, they paid two hundred dollars. Now, if if you take that money, that two hundred dollars, and add it on to your monthly premium, you can see why things are going up. We need to have controls. We need to have some form of control on these things, very much like we do with the utilities. Not not allow them to raise their rates just as they wish to raise them. So the hospitals, quote unquote, nonprofit hospitals unquote, are charging immense things. And, and the pharmaceutical, I went to buy some EpiPen about six months ago, and I saw a $600 bill for that. And I went to call, I called three different pharmacies. It was the same. And, and that's unconscionable, truly unconscionable for something that will save somebody's life. And that's, a, you know, that's how we express ourselves. We do that in our writing, as you have. And uh, yeah. it brings out the kind of anger within us. Um, so we, we don't know what it is. And I think uh, perhaps we need some better controls on the cost of medicine. Somehow the free market doesn't seem to be working, does it? No, no, I, I agree. You know, I, just yesterday I received, uh, in, in Texas, they... Uh, they they threw everyone out of a PPO. This is Blue Cross Blue Shield. Through closed seventeen programs and and jacked. This was last year and then jacked up the rates. Well, today I get my uh, uh, I get my uh, Blue Cross friendly note and they're going up another thirty four percent. And I have no medical problems, so I'm at twelve hundred dollars a uh, a month and I have no medical problems. And uh, I just uh, enter it. So it, it's going to have to come out uh, in, in the next novel. <clears throat> uh, uh, yeah, in the top novel, again, based on terrorism, but it's got to go, come out in one way in the novel. I, I think we've got, you know, and maybe we can, do, we, can, we can affect these things through our writing. 
to let the public know. I'm old enough to have Medicare, and I have to tell you, Medicare, with the supplemental I pay for it, works very well. Medicare works well. And uh, people say, well, socialized medicine is horrible. We already have it. Medicare works. And uh, all we need to do is find a way to control how the pharmaceutical companies charge and to look at the hospitals and find ways to control those things. People don't like to say that, but my God, they're out of they're out of control. So, yeah, Anyhow, yeah. Um, well, you know, the other thing, and 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 uh, I don't know where you're thinking, what your thought is as far as yeah, your next novel, uh, or if you continue on the same thing. But uh, in in my mind, I'm going to continue on the terrorism returning to the U.S. and 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 with the thought the terrorists are out to kill, you know. Uh, not 5,000 uh, Americans, but tens of thousands uh, of Americans. You know, you got the concern with nuclear, biological, chemical, and it could be it could be some type of viral or bacterial contaminant. Uh, but they're certainly on a mission uh, to go after uh, uh, Americans, and and uh, they're just such a danger there that 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 um, it, it's interesting to me to bring out w- what the possibilities are, what the danger is, and and, uh, and weave in the characters. Uh, again, another challenge. I understand that, and I think we, uh, and through our backgrounds, medicine and infectious disease and things of that nature, we we could bring out some of the some of the avenues by which those things can occur. My next novel is going to deal more. Uh, there's one of my characters in the book, Martin, who's the man who does he's revenge is justice uh, personality, and he's going to he has joined the Jewish Brigade, which was an English brigade at the end of the war that fought in Italy, and that continued after the war to bring many of the people from Europe into Israel, as well as he continued on his process of revenge against the Nazis. Uh, who escaped justice. So I, I think there's a, that character seems to... Many people enjoy that character, and, I, and there's a lot of information background that I can work on, and that's what I'm doing with him. Um, so we're talking... It, it's, uh, you know, a continuation, and I noticed, uh, just to give people an idea about your book, your book is ready... is halfway through the story, isn't it? You have, mm-hmm. uh, you have another book in process to... To finish off the story, correct? That's correct. That's already been written. That's already been written, and uh, so I'm going to have to read that to figure out what happens at the end here. Um, yeah, I had to keep you hanging, so, for goodness sakes. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'm reading through the book, and I'm saying, my God, there's only a couple pages left, and he's got a complex <laughs> thing to resolve here, and all of a sudden, yeah. I'll just re- read the last few words that say, let me just say, get the book in front of me. The action continues in Crisis Black. Yeah. Crisis Black must be released. We're going to have three novels, and, and Crisis Black has already been written, and that's going to be followed by uh, Crisis Red. So, uh, ah. just, you know, it's just a, a lot of fun to sit down and challenge yourself daily and, and, and to write and, and bring characters to life. Now, in, in your novel, uh, is Dr. Kahn, I know Martin, and I remember his uh, parents were killed by the Nazis uh, just viciously. Yes. And, and uh, 
Martin goes back home, everything's gone, everything's been destroyed, it's just just horrible. Are you bringing Dr. Katz back? Bringing back the which? Uh, Dr. Katz, Michael Katz. Oh, uh, Katz? No, Katz, um, I'm not bringing him back. I'm, I'm getting, uh, Martin's going to visit Tamara again because uh, oh, okay. people may not, okay. he's going to visit Tamara in Czechoslovakia because that's, in fact, the Israeli Air Force. The only people who supplied the Israeli Air Force with planes was, uh, at, in the 1948 war was Czechoslovakia. The U.S. and Britain uh. would not do that because of uh, what the influence of the Arabs and probably oil influence. So I'm bringing him in through Czechoslovakia and helping to obtain the planes from the Czechs, and he's going to meet up with Tamar again. But Katz, I think, Michelle Katz, towards the end of the book, is older. And I think yeah, he's, uh, yeah. I think I've finished, I've finished his story. So I okay. can't do that. Okay. I've got a question. Well, I didn't Google it. To uh, Operation Paperclip is 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 that true? That is a true thing, and that's how we brought Werner von Braun over, and we brought yeah. many other people over. Fifteen hundred uh, scientists we brought over. Uh, some of them doctors, yeah. and one physician who became the father of space medicine, and they actually named a an award after him. And it, he became, uh, his name was uh, Hubertus Strunghold. And, and every year we would have an award for a physician involved in space medicine. Well, it came out that Strunghold was involved in experiments at Dachau. And this came out after he died. And so they stopped awarding that. But he was a physician who did actually did the same kind of experiments that we talked about that Hans Block did at uh, Auschwitz with the cold immersion. So, yeah, I, and I don't know the number of doctors that were brought over, but they were probably much smaller numbers than the scientists. I think we tried to get all the scientists out before the Russians got them. Um, yes, I remember. I remember reading. So, Operation Paperclip. There's a couple of books about it. Um, it's an interesting time, and I think these people, many of them, avoided the prosecution that went on at Nuremberg for the uh, uh, of the Nazis. Yeah, the war crimes. So, yeah. You know, anyway, I think this is uh, this has been an interesting discussion. You know, uh, I'm glad yeah. we had a chance to meet in. Uh, you know, from the audience's point of view, we he and I have met in New Orleans at a, at a meeting, a writer's meeting, uh, just a couple of months ago, and uh, we, uh, we enjoyed it. It was an interesting time, interesting time. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe we'll meet again in Toronto this coming year for the Boshakon. That would be fun. Yeah, I, I did have a blast, and just the people and, and – uh, uh, involved in uh, just just a fun group and and uh, just always pushing us, you know, always uh, challenging us, and and so uh, uh, it was a, a very very enjoyable time, absolutely. Well, I think we've had a good discussion. I think uh, Andrew probably understands it's time to for us to uh, stop. It's been thirty minutes, so um, 
Anything else to add, John? No, well, I, I'll tell you, uh, Steve, it was just uh, here again, just a pleasure to have met you. And uh, uh, I'm telling you, I'm addicted to uh, the oak and uh, just uh, brilliantly, brilliantly uh, written and uh, just uh, an enjoyable read. And uh, if anyone has the opportunity, I'd uh, appreciate them uh, reading Crisis Blue. Again, a thriller about terrorism returning to our shores. Thank you very much, and I'm looking forward to seeing Crisis Black. Thank you. Thank you, yes, sir.